Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Trundle Bed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, one-room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trundle Bed Tales. Find us around the web under Trundle Bed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or just have an account on iTunes, please leave positive feedback because that helps people find the show. And today's episode is going to be called Travel Time Online Conferences, because with everything going on this year, a lot of conferences have been pushed online. And uh, before I get into housekeeping, let me say there will probably be more background information or background noise than there usually is in this episode, because I've got a fan going, because it's getting close to 100, and because of that, my dog's also in here. And she likes to make noise. So, of course, as soon as I say that, she stops. But anyway, you may hear more noise than usual. But I think you'll still enjoy it. And with that, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Okay, and with that, uh, I want to remind you that you can be a part of the show. Call in at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll free, 1-877-633-9389. That's toll free, 1-877-633-9389. And... Normally, you can chat during an episode, but I actually am going to have enough stuff coming on from all directions, so I didn't turn it on today. But look for that for future episodes. The phone numbers only work when we're live, Uh, so uh, if you want to listen when you hear a show coming up, that is, uh, when you hear there's going to be a show coming up and don't want to just have your computer around or your phone, your computer around, you can also stream it live through your phone. And with that, uh, I want to mention that normally September is a big Laura Ingalls Wilder event month. And as of right now, pretty much every Laura event I know of that was uh, scheduled to be in September has been canceled uh, at all the home sites at Hoover. Uh, We're very sorry this has happened. There actually uh, was uh, an event for Carrie's birthday at Independence, and that's about all I know for any Laura event at a home site this summer. Say hello, Fearless. Yeah, that's how helpful she is. Okay. Um, So... Uh, September is going to be a very quiet month for Laura, but I want you to follow um, with me because the Hoover Library has offered a 
uh, has long done a program on Labor Day about Laura, and we're going to try and do a live watch um, along with the episodes uh, that they already have loaded from past year's speakers. And uh, when later in the month, I'm going to be trying to share out uh, my video reports from my trips in 2019 to both Pepin and Mansfield. So be sure to watch for that. And if you want to watch ahead, they're already um, they're already on YouTube. So you can go ahead and look ahead if you'd rather. And I think that. Oh, I guess I should say too. One of the things I was doing earlier today was putting in a home site order. The home sites have been uh, down a lot in visitors this year, which I think is probably for the best overall, but is not good for the continued existence of the home site. In Smet, the um, the tourist attract the Laura tourist attractions have been reporting uh, 80% fewer people than they normally have. So if you have a little extra money and you have always wanted something, Laura, I highly recommend uh, going to the home sites online and putting in an order just to try and make sure that those home sites stay open for when you can go visit. And that is all my housekeeping. Which gets us to this month's topic, which is online conferences. Now, uh, I happen to love online conferences, but I love real ones as well. And earlier this year, there was um, a string on Twitter about complaining about conferences, and I knew about everything they were talking about, complaining about, and they were all so true. But they're still so great to be able to make face-to-face um, -face connections with people you've only known online, to talk to other people who know more about a subject than you do, to find new books you want to read, to hear good speakers. It, it, it's just a phenomenal experience. And if there is a topic you are interested in, I highly recommend you go to a conference, particularly if it is based in the Midwest, because Midwest people are very, as a rule, are very accepting. Now, there is going to be some, uh, yes, hello, Doc. Uh, there's going to be some uh, people that are, you know, clickish and don't want you there in pretty much any conference you go to, but I think there's fewer of them in the Midwest and that we're always glad we're always glad to have people around online. And I am just going to play the theme again because the dog needs me to do something. I shall be right back. I did not do 
that on purpose, but that is probably about the best thing I could do to explain what online conferences have been like this year. Um, it's one thing when you, uh, it's one thing when something is designed and born to be online. And there are some great online conferences. One of the best library workshops that I ever went to, it used to be every year and it was online and it was so great and somebody else took over it and it's so not great anymore. But, but some things that are designed to be online can be wonderful. But a lot of the ones today or this year have been moving on online just sort of as a chance to, um, to keep existing. So that means they normally uh, aren't designed to be online and trying to figure out how to move them online has been a challenge. And so what I'm going to really talk about uh, for the most part today are two conferences online that I intended in June. Uh, just to give you an idea about how some of these online conferences work and whether it is worth your time to go to one. Uh, and the two I did in June was the Association of Living History Farms and Museums and the Ellen Montgomery Conference. And these were both conferences that I uh, had really, really wanted to go to, but they're pretty much the same week, so I couldn't have in real life anyway uh, gone to both. And uh, there are other ones, but these are the two that were pretty close, so I thought they could a good um, a good contrast about what's going on. Uh, first, I want to say that because someone is a good speaker does not necessarily mean they are a good online presenter. And uh, there are also limitations for things like uh, for things like room size uh, that aren't usually as hard hit online. So there are various advantages to having them there. Now the two that I looked at, the ALFAM and the Ellen Montgomery Conference were both in June. Uh, the ALFAM one, uh, or some of these conferences have gone ahead and put themselves online free. The ALFAM conference, you had to have a membership. And if you had a membership, you could uh, go ahead and um, virtually attend the conference with no extra fees or anything like that. And they have been working on having a database of information available and uh, that you can log into as a member. And they are putting these uh, conference things that they recorded online as available on there. Uh, the, other conference that I mentioned that was designed and born online did that too, and they actually uh, it, it it had to do with a career or job that you needed continuing education credits for, and they had those up there and had a little worksheet thing that you could do and still get the continuing education credits for it. Now, um, ALFAM does not have continuing education credits because there's no real license, but they, it's nice to be able to go back and see uh, what people are talking about. Uh, the other conference I went to, 
uh, the Montgomery one was actually uh, free. You didn't have to uh, pay anything or be a member of anything. Now, I also have seen two conferences that I'm going to be to in September uh, that both are having a registration fee. Uh, the one is a lot cheaper than the registration fee normally is. Uh, I'm assuming because the costs are less because they don't have to have the hotel and everything. Uh, and the other one, it's pretty much the same cost as if uh, it was live, um, which I'm really kind of sorry about. And I'm kind of more sorry about that. Well, you, you don't care. But anyway, uh, so the library wins this fall are going to have a registration to fee. So depending on what conference it is, there are all sorts of models that uh, people are taking to do this. So uh, you just don't have to check and see. And if there's something you're interested in, keep an eye on what conferences are available because it could be that uh, there's a chance to go to a conference or at least a session or two for a subject that you've always wanted to go to for a conference or a conference on and it hadn't ever worked out in face-to-face. -face. So maybe you get a chance to do that now. Now the LSAM model they followed was live and it was um, synchronous. So everything, people who were attending, there was one track, they normally have three, but they just did one track and everybody could watch it at the same time. And I have to say, and I think this is really kind of strange and I don't really understand it, but for both these conferences, there's usually a decent Twitter response and uh, for, especially for the Montgomery one, I, I really don't, I've never gotten to go to the conference in person, but I have vicariously uh, attended it through the, the tweets and there's normally a ton of tweets. And I was about the only one live tweeting it this time, so I really don't know what happened with that. And Alfam normally has a little tweeting uh, not nearly as much as Montgomery, but, you know, kind of a steady drip of stuff. And I was about the only one on there, too, which I think is super weird. But maybe people are just having to watch things on their screen so they didn't have feel a good way to tweet at the same time. I don't know. Although uh, oh, I have to say the Alfam... Uh, were available only like during the hour they were assigned. So if something was um, online at, I'm just going to pick a time, 9 o'clock Eastern time, it was just on that once for this initial go-through. Uh, so you you saw it then or you saw it what, never. But then they announced they were going to load these up into Alfam um, information. So that has sort of changed a little bit, but in terms of having interactions with people, it was then or never. Now, the Montgomery Conference was asynchronous. Now, they had done a little bit of uh, work uh, previously doing things virtual. The last time they had this conference, uh, it is every two years. The last time they did it, they streamed their first session and their last session live only. Uh, so I greatly appreciated that because that way I got to see anything. 
So uh, theirs was kind of a little bit different. Um, not only was everybody open to it, they had kind of a um, each day a group of things dropped that you could watch anytime that day or in the future. So they had uh, some videos, uh, some uh, some video um, speeches. They had some free shots of uh, videos. They had some podcast episodes from a new podcast they were just having. Uh, and uh, some written things and some uh, things that had already been up and they were just feeding them into their schedule. Uh, so it was very different, and though I liked the fact they were really being creative in how they did the conference, uh, I found that it was a lot harder to keep track of what was available, and while if you had to work all day, it would be really great to just be able to do everything at night, uh, they posted the links on their blog, which was set up to kind of reorder by popularity. So the boxes that you were supposed to go to would move around, and it was just really, it was really kind of hard to um, follow what was going on. And I'm not a hundred percent that I saw everything for that conference yet. If they would have had some kind of checklist you could have printed off and said this is available now, this is available now, I would have really liked that a lot better. Uh, so keeping track of what you've done and what you could do is really kind of an important part of the online conference. Uh, the tweeting, I don't know how to explain the lack of it, because personally, I find the uh, that tweeting is a big part of my conference experience anymore. In fact, I do not take I do not take conventional notes anymore. I do all my notes via Twitter. Uh, so to have everything just kind of disappear, I'm kind of interested to see how these two library conferences in September will work, because they are also very Twitter-heavy from various people, and I don't know if uh, that will continue or not. I certainly hope it does. Um, one of the big minuses for doing an online uh, conference is the lack of networking. And one of these conferences in September, these library conferences, I have gone to it twice. And it keeps getting bigger, which isn't necessarily a good thing. I really kind of wonder if they shouldn't cut it as to East Coast, West Coast, because it's getting to be pretty big. But it was one of the best conferences for networking I have ever run into. They had things set up so um, you can arrange groups of people to go to restaurants together, not just people you know, but just randomly pick people and go to, to uh, supper with them instead of having big dinners. They kind of set things up so you mix up with different people at lunch and just the people you came with. I, I just, I cannot say enough how strong they supported networking. I thought it was really wonderful. And I just wonder how they're going to handle that, because I would have to say for both of these conferences, 
the uh, getting to know you or see you again element was really missing. There wasn't much in the way of participant to participant interaction, and I think that was a big loss. I think it would be good if they could come up with some way, if you're going to continue to have an online conference, uh, I think that it would be good if you could have some kind of room or randomizer or something where you would get a chance to talk to other people, uh, not just uh, the, the main people who on the conference are talking about. So I really, really missed that. Um, conferences, if it's a conference you've gone to before, it's sort of a uh, place where you, uh, it's the place where you meet up with people again, that you find out how they're doing. You know, there's people that you only know at conferences. So it was a real lack of that, and I'm sorry about it. Um, but I do have to say that uh, the Alfam conference, one of the things they tried to do online, uh, was their um, their committee meetings, and LFAM has committees on various subjects. So, for instance, they have a they call them pigs, uh, professional instinct groups, because they have a lot of cute acronyms and things. Uh, so, they have one for historic food waste. They have one for historic clothing. They have one for leadership. They have one for technology. Um, they have one for old technology. Uh, all sorts of things. And they did try and have those online. And I have to say, while the talking wasn't as back and forth as it is when we have the meetings in person, I really hope that uh, Alfam uh, continues to have those interest groups online, even if they go back to a live conference for the rest of it, because uh, not having it be between two things that you need to get from one place to another, for, or not having it in a room where there's so, so much room and it's hard to get people started and all that, uh, there were about three times as many people at the historic food waste pick this time than I've ever seen live. And I've been live five times, maybe. I'm going to say five. I don't know if that's right or not. Uh, so, and it's more than I've ever seen. And I think that it could be a real benefit to get more people involved in the interest groups, involved in coming up with projects that they can help each other on, uh, being a um, good chance to ask questions uh, about things and talk through how things work for different sites. And I really hope they do that. And I think those professional interest groups uh, really would be a good addition to any online conference uh, because it really is uh, a, I think, important networking element and to be able to have people that you can talk with about issues you've been having is such an important role for a lot of conferences, particularly those with a professional element, but it could be with those doing a research element. Um, for example, uh, Montgomery, the Ellen Montgomery Conference did not have these 
but they could have one about people wanting to talk about researching uh, Montgomery's Wives, one talking about the Sullivan production, one talking about the musical, one talking about uh, tourism and Prince Edward Island. Uh, you, you know, you could easily come up with subject groups. And I think having those subject groups as a place to talk and interact would be a big plus to any online conference. Another thing you uh, lose out on is seeing new places because conferences are quite often held uh, where there is some connection uh, to the topic. So, for example, uh, the ALFAM conferences I've been to uh, Colonial Williamsburg, Baton Rouge, um, uh, Henry Ford, uh, the Henry Ford Museum up in Dearborn, Michigan. Um, I'm seeing different places in my head and not remembering where they were, but uh, that, that's an example. Three is enough for an example. Uh, and get to go someplace and see the different things there. Um, I was to a library conference once, and we were in Chicago, and they toured us around to the library. And uh, just being able to see new, new different places, I think, is a definite plus. Um, it's a chance to relax because uh, you really if you are not presenting or on a committee, you basically just have to get yourself from one place to the other and get yourself fed. So if you're usually in charge of stuff, that is a nice chance to relax and talk to people and not have to be so on it. Um, and food, I really like to have the meals together and the food and I really enjoy that. So, um, I would have to say that overall, I really like online and real-life conferences. I really hope that uh, while uh, they don't get rid of in-place personal conferences, I hope that some of these things that they're going to try because of being pushed by this pandemic to do things online this year uh, will hang around and still be plus because I think it really can be used to um, bring more people in. From my experience in this, uh, I think there's benefits and minuses uh, to, pluses and minuses to having it synchronous or asynchronous. I think that uh, having a mix of things happen instead of having it be just like a um, videoed version of the speakers you would have had is uh, a good idea. I liked how they mixed together the different things that the Montgomery one had as opposed to Alfam, which was pretty much everyone doing the same thing and listening to the people and not really having much in the way of choice. I liked having the interest groups where there actually was a chance to talk back and forth a little bit, which was something that was really missing at um, the rest of the conference. And um, I think you need to have a really clear set of what you want people to do, what, what is all the events for the conference that they should be doing. Not that they have to do them all, 
but that this is what's available and it should be very clear and you should be able to figure out easily what you have looked at and what you haven't. So uh, I hope that uh, various conferences will pick up some of these things and continue on and I hope that this time next year that conferences will be being held and events will be being held and that everything will have straightened up and we won't have to ever hear the word pandemic ever again. So I'm sure you feel that too. And if you are uh, interested in online conferences, I hope you drop me a line and I hope that you share this out. And I am looking forward for uh, uh, to all sorts of online conferences and let me know about ones that uh, you've been to. Thanks for joining me today on this unconventional online version of uh, Trundle Bed Tales, and I hope you'll be checking back soon. Uh, I was uh, involved in the uh, direct show, which um, was the giant wind uh, that went through Iowa. I mean, of course, Iowa was involved in my area. Iowa City was involved in it. And I was actually going to do an episode talking about that today and push back the online conference. But I read uh, a piece that my uh, friend Ann had written on her experience with the Derecho, and it sounds like she'd had a much different experience than mine. And I'm going to see if I can get her to come on, on the show. I think you'll enjoy it, and I know I will if I can get that to happen. And this is a good reminder that I have to get back to inviting people back on the show, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. And remember to brighten the corner where you are. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.